There was a study at the University of Virginia, which is relatively recent, in which several participants, which actually a quarter of the women that were studied and two-thirds of the men that were studied, they chose to subject themselves to electric shock rather than to be alone with their thoughts. And now for something completely different. Welcome to Surrounded by Idiot Radio Podcast. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, good night, whenever you happen to be listening to this. This is the Surrounded by Idiots radio podcast. It's Tony Dufresne, PhD, your host. I have two goals for this show. The first goal is to talk quickly about working from home. For those of you who have not lost your jobs and now you have to work out of the house. Because I've been doing it for 30 some odd years. I raised a daughter while working at home by myself. And so I sort of feel as though I have a pretty good insight in terms of that. And I have to say, just attacking this quickly and getting it out of the way, because I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, because you can go anywhere, literally anywhere, and see seven tips for working at home, 20 tips for making your life, your work at home better and more efficient or balancing it out. I saw one on Big Think about you know, it creating a joyful existence in your home while you what is this hot garbage? The bottom line is you don't need eight tips and 12 tips and 50 tips in terms of working at home. It's the same thing as just taking your job on the road and working out of your hotel room. It's the same thing as you getting a new job and being a little awkward and a little wonky because it's a new environment. You only need a couple things. The first thing you need is just your own space somewhere. Doing it at the kitchen table or doing it at the breakfast bar is problematic because it serves a dual purpose and it's already been established as that's the use for that area. So it's going to be really hard for you to get into more of a focus than if you just put up a card table in a corner and then that was your workspace. And the second thing and the most important thing is you got to be comfortable. So find a comfortable chair. That's it. Everything else, just accept the fact it's going to be wonky and weird and clunky and you're not going to focus as much and it's going to be very distracting because there are many things to do. I'm doing laundry right now, as a matter of fact, at the same time I'm doing this, it's the same time I've got this real estate thing going on because that's the stuff that happens when you're at home and there's no way around that. So just don't read any of that crap about tips about working at home. Just settle in and do the best you can. Do not have any high expectations in regards to you pounding out stuff like crazy. Now, you may find, and I think a lot of you will, the working at home thing, you're going to go, this is pretty kick-ass. Or I like the fact that I don't, I'm not spending an hour commuting and I'm getting stuff done in the morning. Or I have that hour in the morning to do the things that I've wanted to do, as in like do my meditation or do my journaling or get a quirk workout and without having to come home at five or six and then having to haul your ass into the gym and then having to do all that nonsense and then coming back and then you know, you're know you eating at like seven or eight o'clock and then it's time for bed. So it may work out for you. I mean, I, I love it. It's great, but I'm used to it and it's not something that's taking me off my mark. And again, there are a lot of companies that will want you to come back in and you may not have the ability to do that. But I'm just saying... Overall, for the work at home thing, just chill. It it'll be it'll be weird and uncomfortable for a while. But find a find your own little space and have a decent chair. That's it. The second thing I want to talk about, and the second goal of the show, is to chat about isolation, 
the philosophy of isolation. Now, what I want to talk about is FOMO, and I want to talk about your isolation plan. There shouldn't be any FOMO going on right now. No fear of missing out on anything because there's nothing happening. Now, the only thing that I can see that people might be missing out on or a fear of missing out on is not having somebody with them is single people during this whole thing. Thinking, oh, it'd be great to have somebody and to spend time with and get closer. <laughs> and then you have the couples who are saying, God, this would be a great time to be single. I could have the space. I don't have to deal with all this crap going on with this person that I'm having a hard time with. I guarantee you, coming out of this thing, when we finally get to the point where we ratchet back up into being more social and getting out there in terms of a physical nature, there's going to be a lot of changes because what's happening right now in terms of the isolation is really a huge leverage point that's on a global scale. It's like a nodal event, and I've talked about that a lot, on an absolute global scale where everybody's going through the same thing. It's like a tide in the bay. All the boats rise and all the boats fall, and we're all falling at the same rate and level, and we're all into this particular situation, which has not happened globally in like a 100 years since the Spanish flu, but it was a totally different time, and we didn't have all the social media stuff to remind us of how terrible our lives are and how great their lives are. So... It's going to be fascinating to me how many uh, uh, breakups and divorces and babies come out of this and also how people hopefully will reprioritize things in terms of what's important to them because that's really what it comes down to. So I want to, So in terms of the FOMO thing, take advantage of the fact that you are not looking around and saying, wow, I mean, I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that and this person's traveling and they're you know, 25 and I'm 25 and I, and I don't have a job. Which is a great situation to be in because all that stuff is nonsense anyway, and you shouldn't be basing any of your decisions on on somebody else's fake life. It should be it should be something that you now have the ability and the space. It's all about the space, right? To ground yourself into really what is important to you, into really the things that matter to you, into prioritizing the things that are important to you. You know, if you had one thing that you had to focus on or the most important thing in your life, what would it be? I'm assuming it would probably be relationships or yourself, of course, and yourself, your, your own health and welfare. But that's why this is such a great period of time right now. It's almost like a gift, as sad as it is. And I don't want to come across as being as minimalizing the deaths that are happening, which are tragic. And especially the situation here in the States, because we have President Dunning-Kruger, uh, in the White House. And if you don't know what Dunning-Kruger is, look it up and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And the fact that it's so much worse than it could have been. The space that you have now is being given to everybody. You're not losing any ground on anything if you look at life in that perspective. And it's giving you the opportunity to ground yourself and to figure some things out. There was a study at the University of Virginia, which is relatively recent, in which several participants, which actually a quarter of the women that were studied and two-thirds of the men that were studied, they chose to subject themselves to electric shock rather than to be alone with their thoughts. And you wonder why people are freaking out now because they have the space. Because what's happening is that without the distraction and with without the work, without the linear timeline that you usually work on, as in, you know, get up and you go to school and you go to work and those things take up that space. And usually when you get out of that or you get back from that, then you do your game or you go on to your social media or you, you know, hang out with your friends or whatever the case. But now there's this kind of this chasm. 
And a lot of times space freaks people out. In fact, uh, again, the University of Virginia, they would rather get shocked than have to, t- <laughs> to deal with that space. People come to me all the time and say, and I ask them, you know, what do you want? And what, why are you here? And then, and they'll say, well, I, you know, I, I'm, I don't like my, my life or my life isn't going that way or I'm trying to transition into this thing or that thing or I don't really know what I want to do, but I know that what I'm doing, I don't like. And I said, well, ultimately, what do you want to do or where do you want to go? And they say, I don't know. That's most of the time that's the answer. When it gets up to the questions that they have refused to allow themselves to mine, to deep mine into, it's the I don't know, right? Because that's an easy way to just say, I don't know, and to throw it off in terms of I'll never know. The funny thing is, is that the I don't knows are answered in the space, the space that we are all being given now, that's where you can get some answers. That's where the I don't knows actually come to fruition. The, you are able to kind of sense those things. You're able to do some deep mining into your own you know, thoughts and process. You're able to expose certain things. You're able to go into it in a little, a deeper level of introspection. One of the quotes I want to talk about is from Lao Tzu, and he says, Ordinary men hate solitude, but the master makes use of it. Embracing his aloneness, realizing he is one with the whole universe. It's that balance, right? It's that whole thing that I've talked about for quite some time in regards to you have your inner world and your own head and your own reality, and then you have the outer world. And there's no way that you can live in either one or the other. You have to live in both. You have to have one foot in each camp. You got to straddle your realities, the one inside your head and then the one outside where everybody else is, because you got to play nice. Got to play nice in order for things to get done. It can't be just a you thing. If it's a you, if it's just a you thing, or that's the the perspective that you have, you're pretty much like the Unabomber living in a five by five you know, shack up in the middle of nowhere, and that doesn't work for anybody. The other thing I want to bring up is uh, there was a Trappist monk called Thomas Merton, and he was a writer, and he spent years alone. And what he said was, he said, "We cannot see things in perspective." until we cease to hug them to our own bosom. The distractions that we have and we've created in our lives have taken our attention and provided enough white noise to where we don't allow ourselves to dig deep. We don't allow ourselves to explore those things and to find those answers because it's scary. There's a lot of scariness in space, especially for people who don't want to be alone with their thoughts. There's that movie or that tape running in your head. Now, most of the time, it's not a tape or a movie that you have produced or you directed. It was a tape or a movie that was a part of your early experience or the interpretation of your early experience that you don't want to listen to or you don't want to watch because it's terrible or it's traumatizing. So the last thing in the world you want is for somebody to say, okay, now you have an hour, you have a couple hours where you don't have to do anything and you have to sit down and watch this movie or you have to sit down and put your, your earbuds in and you have to listen to this. And you're like, that's like the last thing in the world that I want to do. And that's what's happening. And so that's why there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of existential crises going on. It's almost like you're falling into this chasm and there's nothing to grab onto. And that's the word, and, and you wonder why alcohol consumption has gone up like 500%. Because why not self-medicate if you have all the space? Because God knows you don't want to like confront all of these <laughs> inner demons. It's like the waters of Venice. And I'm not talking about the dolphin news because that was actually nonsense that had nothing to do with Venice. But what is happening is, as a small example, 
of what's going on because people have just stopped doing anything. It's the distancing issue and they're just not around. The water in the Venice canals have cleared up. And it's a perfect example of what happens when the movement stops and there's some space given. And there's no more people around and no more pollution and no more churning up the waters. All that white noise, all that distraction stuff has stopped. The water is clear. The metaphor is clarity. Now there is a chance to gain some clarity on things. And that's what we're trying to do. So that brings me to taking the opportunity right now, which is a huge opportunity. I can't express how big of an opportunity right now is for all of us. Take this opportunity to develop or to think about some sort of isolation plan. The ISO plan or tip. You can remember it that way. It's a gift of space. You can reset yourself. And the two best tools that I know of, journaling and meditation. Let's take journaling for a second. You don't have to write a book. You don't have to write a certain amount of pages. It doesn't have to be anything. It doesn't have to express anything. It's a matter of just putting down on paper what you're thinking. That's it. And it's going to take, it's the page and a half rule, right? So it's going to take a good page and a half for you to start channeling that inner subconscious. But you would be shocked for anybody that has done the journaling thing. And if you know of anybody who's done it, then talk to them about it because here's what happens. First, it's like, I don't know what to write. I don't know what to write. Just write that. Basically, it's not about having anything to write. That's the thing that's getting in your way. Is that's the mind part. That's the, the cognitive part. That's the prefrontal cortex part that's trying to rationalize what you're trying to write as something that's worthwhile. It doesn't have to be worthwhile. So sit down and just start writing. It could literally be, I'm writing this because I have to start writing and I don't know what to write and this is all a bunch of crap and I don't know what's going on. But if you allow yourself to do that, after you do like a page or a page and a half, it's going to flow a little bit. And it's going to take some time. It's not like the first time you write or the first couple times that you write, all of a sudden you're going to have these huge epiphanies. But what I will tell you is this, when you do stick with that and have the space to do that, which you should have space to do that now, at least a good half an hour-ish, I would think, then take that time and that space to just be and just to write whatever. And then after a while, you will find that it's going to be number one, it's going to be therapeutic because you're allow, you're giving yourself a gift. You're giving yourself a gift of just time to yourself. The second thing is, is you're going to, you're going to get better and better at getting quicker and quicker to more of a subconscious thing to where you all of a sudden you're writing and you don't even know what you're writing. I swear to God, this happens and you just, and you're just rolling and you're just rolling with stuff. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh God, this is like an epiphany for me. This is a life changing thing that could be. And then you write it down, you know, on the top of the page or something and come back at it later. Because the point of doing the journaling is not to reread it. The point is just to get stuff out so you can start to allow that introspection to happen. You're going to give yourself permission to let it out and it's okay. You're in a safe place. That's the thing about the journaling. That's why it's so incredibly powerful. And I have everybody that I work with do it and they all love it to a degree. The second thing is, it's just a meditation thing. I do headspace. I do 10 minutes. That's it. If you say, oh, I can't, my, my mind doesn't calm down. It's not about your mind calming down. I think that's a big misnomer about meditation. It's not about you fully relaxing and then all of a sudden being in this Zen space. There are very few people who can do that. Most of the time it's, it's sitting there 
and just going, okay, I'm in. And then you're thinking, oh, what? I, let's see, I need, uh, I need, I see, I need some bread. I need some milk. Oh, wait a minute. I got to come back. And then you come back. And then, so it's kind of an in and out thing with that. But what you're doing is you're just, you're creating your space and you're giving it to yourself. It's almost like a little gift to yourself. What it does is it legitimately, based on research, it does reorganize the neural pathways to allow yourself to flow better. And that's actually a legit scientific research back thing, the mindfulness thing. And it just gets incrementally better. As it goes, and it's not something that one day you wake up and you're like, oh my God, I feel like a Zen master because some days are not great. Some days are, but the, what it does is it overall, it just kind of raises your, raises the tide a little bit more and a little bit more. And it also gives you permission to be in that space. And the more and more you feel comfortable in the space, the more and more you'll be able to answer those I don't knows. And that's the whole point of all of this is to get you to expand your life in the direction that you want, in the, into the space that you want, and to start answering those I don't knows. And be, being confident in the fact that you, you, you should allow yourself to do that. You deserve to be in the space that you want to be in. And you have the ability to be there. And nobody can say boo about that. The problem is most of the time you're the only one holding yourself back, right? So if you're at home, set up a chill office. Don't worry about all that hot garbage nonsense. It's going to be wonky. Be okay with that. The isolation thing, create a plan, take advantage of it, do a little journaling, do a little meditation, write some stuff down, find some things you're curious about, take your half hour a day. That's it. Take a half an hour. That's it. I mean, take 10 minutes. Take Do 10 minutes in terms of journaling. Do 10 minutes in terms of headspace doesn't have to be a lot. Remember, this is not about atomic bombing your life and changing everything because that's like the worst possible thing you can do. This is just about taking small little incremental steps to allow yourself and to be comfortable in that space. That is it. I hope things are good. Again, I, I am offering my book for absolutely free, like no strings, except I just would like you to tell me what you th- thought about it or if you have questions about a chapter or something. You can go to uh, Tony at javabud.com, J-A-V-A-B-U-D, and just say, hey, send me the book, and I'll I'll send you the PDF version of the book, and I'll and again, all I say is, you know, what do you think? Let me know what you think. I'm not going to put you on some wonky email string or anything. I'm just going to, because I want to help. I want to create value. This is the way I create value. I wrote my book. I want to create value with that, and I just want to help out, and that's that's my contribution to all this. You can go... Uh, Alexa flash briefings. I have those every single, every single morning, 30 seconds to a minute, just little snippets of the shows. You can do that. If you have Alexa, uh, the podcasts are on every possible platform, the YouTube videos on YouTube and, uh, any comments or questions you can get a hold of me, uh, javabud.com, J A V A B U D or Tony at javabud.com. I hope things are good. Stay safe. Keep your distance. Embrace the space. I want to believe there's a way now I'm too tired to pretend I don't want to be alone I'm calling all 